Why don't you lift your hands here tonight? Lord, we just reach up here tonight, Lord. We stretch forth, Lord, the hand of faith here tonight, Lord. We're reminded of the woman, whoa, with the issue of blood. She stretched forth the hand of faith and she touched the hem of his garment. In the midst of many pressing in and touching him, she was the woman that received what she needed. Come on, saints, stretch forth your hand tonight. Jesus is here tonight. Jesus is walking up and down these aisles here tonight. Jesus is walking in front of you here tonight. He's saying, who's going to really touch me tonight? Who's going to really touch me here tonight? There's someone that's had like a rupture. There's someone that's had like a rupture uh, right here in their core, right here in their abdomen. There's been like a rupture, okay? And, uh, and I believe that the Lord wants to minister. If that's you, just come up here right now. There's somebody else I was feeling very, very specifically that has an issue with your right eye in particular your right eye and it feels like it's been damaged okay but it feels like it's like painful it's literally like painful it's more than just vision it's painful so if that makes sense to anybody just come up here right now we're going to pray for you i feel like someone uh has damaged like their wrist their right wrist but it affects their thumb okay it affects their thumb like the motion of their thumb so if that makes sense just come up here right now i heard the lord say a spirit of arthritis i'm going to break a spirit of arthritis uh here tonight uh, where are you hey come up here my lady if you have colon issues, okay, colon issues. I felt uh, real anointing for digestive issues tonight, in particular in the colon. God wants to touch you tonight. And yes, I could feel your right knee. I'm going to pray for you, brother. You feel that glory? Come here. Lift your hands. Oh, right now, Lord. Fire, Lord, in Jesus' name. I command right now, arthritis, go! Be broken in Jesus' name. What word are you responding to? Uh, the rupture. Do you have a deaf ear too? Yes. Your left deaf ear or your right? Mm, partial. Partial, the right. I'm feeling it on my left, but it's on your right. Did you ever break your collarbone right here at one point? Cracked you cracked your collarbone right here. Have I ever talked to you about that before? No. How would I know that? God. The Holy Ghost. She What word are you responding to originally again? Uh, the rupture. The rupture. The rupture. Put your hands in your stomach area right there. Oh, shambakatiebrabaya. Fire in Jesus' name. Be healed. Well, we got all kinds of people. We might have to do a line. Why don't you guys form a line right over here? Ushers, help me out. We'll do two lines on both sides. Ushers, help me out. Oh, I feel the spirit of revival, Timothy. Oh, tambrakatiebrabaya. Oh, all right. Single file line facing me this way. Single file line. You guys can stop right there. Oh, Rabakandi, somebody. We're going to do a Benny Hinn style. Hallelujah. Ha ha. Take it. Take the anointing. Come here, brother. I'm going to do him first. One second. Oh, Shandi, What word are you responding to? Colon. What now? Colon. The colon. God's going to touch you right now, I believe. Now, do you have a heart condition as well? Does your wife have a heart condition? I'm looking for my wife. <laughs> looking for your wife. So I hope she doesn't have one. Well, maybe that's the heart condition. Oh, that is. That could be the heart condition. <laughs> Whoa. 
I sometimes do accidental prophetic. Hallelujah. Lord, fix that heart issue. Hey! Bam! Heal him too. Whoa! Did you see that? <laughs> oh! Shitarabambaya. What's up? My colon in my left ear. Oh, your left ear. Is it deaf? Pretty much. Oh, hallelujah! It's deaf right now. I'm not saying hallelujah to that. I'm saying hallelujah to this. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Oh! Open! Shitarabambaya. All right, don't let her leave, ushers, before me checking her. What are you responding to? Here, come here. I really got to get used to this whole crusade like thing. I'm just all over the place, man. You can stand right here. What word are you responding to? Uh, digestive uh, system and uh, left eye, ear, name it. The whole thing. You want to be healed? Come on. Lift your hands. Come on. Take it. Bam! Be healed in Jesus' name. All right, come here. What word are you responding to? Uh, digestive system in the column. All right, put your hands there. Oh, fire, Lord, in Jesus' name. What's up, my brother? I believe this is going to be a miracle right here. Do you have a heart condition as well? No, no. I feel keep getting this word about a heart condition. Um, there's someone, I believe, that's had a rupture there as well. A rupture there as well. Like there's something that's like torn, I believe. Even like an arterial a tear. Does that make sense to anybody? Like an artery has torn. At some point your artery walls are really, really thin. If that makes sense to anyone, respond. Oh, more fire, Lord. Bam! somebody. Come here, brother. Come here this way. Now, what's going on with the symptoms of this right eye? The right eye is just, you know, it's blurry, it's painful, it's, uh, yeah. It's everything I described. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to lay hands on it right now. Come on, you guys want to believe with me for a miracle right now? In the name of Jesus, I be healed. I be healed. Woo! Oh, I be healed in Jesus' name. Ha 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 Shaka-bam. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you. There's somebody that has a problem with your breathing. It's like constriction in the breathing. You know what I'm talking about? What is that? Asthma. Asthma. Wait one second, buddy. Get behind him. Lift your hands. Oh, Bam! Shakarabaya. Be healed of that asthma. <laughs> Try it. You come up here to catch for me, I might get you. I might feel your stuff. All right. The good eye. Close the good eye. Or whatever eye. And then look around. Shakarabaya. What are you seeing? It's hazy. It's hazy still? Yes, sir. Is there pain still? No. No pain? No pain. Was there pain before when you looked around? Yeah, absolutely. Hallelujah. There was pain before. There's no pain now. Let's believe for the haziness to go. Come on, pray in the spirit. Pray like you're a Pentecostal. Hey. I have this theory. I think the Holy Ghost is Pentecostal. Hey, Lord, we speak to this eye in the name of Jesus, Lord. As you've taken the pain, Lord, we pray, take that haziness. We pray, completely restore. Oh, miracle, 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 miracle working power right now. 
I'm getting another word like about a hip, like about a, a tear like down this side. Does that make sense at all? Uh, I have a rupture. Yeah, right. You have a rupture right there, right there. Now, that's another word that I described here tonight, but you could fit that one as well. well I felt it in that area there. You've had a rupture. Absolutely, yeah. Is it still affect you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Is there pain? Mm, on occasion, yeah. How would you know if you were healed? It wouldn't puck out anymore. A rupture is a, you know. It's a, yeah. yeah. Can you feel it still? Can you still feel it? You can feel it still right now. Or be leaving for that to go as well. In Jesus' name. Lord, we command right now. I be healed. Rupture be healed. Creative miracle, Lord. Bam! Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where is that heart word? Who needs a miracle in their heart? Where are you? Are you in my line? I keep getting this word about this heart. The Lord says, I'm going to heal a heart tonight. And it's, I think, a little more than, hey, I need a babe. Hey. I think it's a little more than that. Although that's great. But I'm serious. There's some sort of, like, artery issue. Come here. Is that you? Come here, real quickly. Now, check. Uh, put your hand over your good eye again. And look around. Tell me what you see again. Uh, what I see is still hazy. It's still hazy. All right, I'm going to pray one more time. You guys going to pray with me? I'm going to pray one more time and believe God. Now, we release the anointing. God does the rest. I can't tell you how many times I've stood right here in this position, and then they wake up the next morning, and the eyes completely open. I can't tell you how many times. In the name of Jesus, I be healed. I be healed. I be healed. And Lord, we pray, heal every part of his body. In Jesus' name. Bam! Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> you feel that? There's something real about that bam, isn't there? There's something about the bam. There's something about the bam. Hey, what's up, my brother? I said not to let that lady go. Okay, lady, come here. I can't let you go. I'll never let you go, hey. What's up, my brother? Enlarged heart. Enlarged? Yes. How does it affect you? Um, breathing and uh-huh. sleep. You ready to be healed? Yes. Lift your hands high to heaven. I speak to the heart. I command it to be recreated. Be healed in Jesus' name. Bam! Alright, come here, my lady. Hey! You feel that? A lot of stuff going on up here. Alright, was this one? The left one? It was this one. See that? She's healed. She's healed. <laughs> You're healed, right? Yeah. It just opened, didn't it? Yeah. Come on, give the Lord a mighty shout. Bam! Bless you. <laughs> All right. There's nobody in my line over here. So, next. Don't you just love this? Isn't this so fun? What's up, my brother? What are you being healed of tonight? Uh, I have a hernia from shingles. That I, it's about two, 10 weeks. Does that affect your breathing and stuff, too? No, it's painful. Painful. I can see it where it's puffing out. Let's believe for a creative miracle right now. In the name of Jesus, we command right now, in Jesus' name, this hernia to disappear right now in the name of Jesus right now be healed all the effects of shingles go in Jesus name all the symptoms of shingles go in Jesus name hey you don't have a thyroid condition do you no not that I know of 
something to do with the glands? No. All right, I'm getting a word about a thyroid condition in the glands. Is that you? I'm probably feeling your stuff there. Hey, go ahead and feel that for me. It's still there? I'm going to pray again. In the name of Jesus, I command right now this hernia to go. I command in the name of Jesus this hernia to go. And I command all the pain to go with it in Jesus' name. Bam! Shukurababakumbaya. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm believing with you for a miracle, brother. Bless you. Come here, sweetie. I call everybody, sweetie. That's good. Huh? Except for the fellows. Hey. <laughs> Not you. Hi. Okay. My wife knows. Hey. Got. You want to know what's wrong? I do. Got I just got Holy Ghost ADD. <laughs> hey. What's up? <laughs> don't start. Don't start. <laughs> what are you being healed of? Intestines. Like years of. Digestion? Got All right, put, got your, got put your hands there. Ears. Got and ears? Are they deaf or? Uh, this one's trashed. And, uh, yeah. What do you mean trashed? I, loss of hearing? I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. Loss of hearing here, and they're really so okay. sensitive they hurt. All right, I'm going to lay hands on you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we command right now the ears to open. We command from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Be healed in Jesus' name. Digestion be healed in Jesus' name. Fire, God, in Jesus' name right now. Fire, God, in Jesus' name right now. Put your hands on your belly there. Oh, Bam! Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Did they open? That one's still less. There's still less? Yeah. This one's still less. In the name of Jesus. You got slammed with a tennis shoe? In the name of Jesus. <sighs> Starting to get drunk on this, just so you know. Woo! It's very intoxicating, the anointing. Whoa! Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Oh! Whoa, that's fire. I feel it. Oh, I feel it. <laughs> you feel that fire? Hey, suck it up. Go and be healed. <laughs> hey. All right, go have fun. Hey. Next. What are you responding to? Arthritis, the glands. Arthritis and the glands. I was feeling your glands. And digestion. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. The wrist. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Was it an injury or something? I don't know how it happened. Just a couple, maybe six months. Grab my hand. Oh, Lord, we thank you for healing. We thank you for healing. Fire, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come here, come here, come here. Hey, what word are you responding to? My right wrist. The right wrist? Yes. What else? That pain in my um, in right thumb. Yeah. So that described you. Take my hand. Hey, Lord, we pray, breathe on her job. We pray, breathe on her work. Lord, we pray, supernatural favor. Lord, we pray, move her as you would move her, Lord, in this season. Lord, we pray for that transition in Jesus' name that needs to take place. Whoa. But Lord, we pray for this wrist right now. We pray for this thumb. We command it to be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. 
What word are you responding to? Digestion and my mom's right eye. Your mom's right eye. She has an eye condition. Yes. What's your mom's name? Uh, Beam. Beam, is she here? No, she's not here. Somewhere else? Well, we'll, we'll stand in the gap for her, right? Come on, come on. And what were you believing for again? Sorry. For you personally? Uh, colon and the digestion. The digestion, the digestion. I believe we're going to see some real miracles in, in that realm here tonight. So please write the ministry. Please let the Eagles, uh, let uh, Glenda and, and Sherman know after tonight who's been touched and who, you know, who has all the symptoms that have gone. I'm telling you, we've seen this many, many times. Many, many times. Jesus is still healing. Whoa. Lord, we stand in the gap right now for this mama. We say right now, let her eye be healed in Jesus' name, wherever she's at. All to the glory of the name of Jesus. Put your hands on your stomach, and we speak right now in the name of Jesus to this digestion. We command it to be recreated in the name of Jesus. We command all the symptoms, all the pain, all the dysfunction to go in Jesus' name. Fire, Lord, in Jesus' name. Be healed. Oh, Shambakaya. All right, come here, my man. You are tall. I heard Timothy talking about this morning, but you were sitting down, so I had no context. But now I see. There's someone that's taller than me in here. <laughs> what is it that you need from the Lord right now? Uh, it's a breathing you mentioned. Uh, this uh, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. Chronic fatigue syndrome. And you're from Finland. Yes. I'm going to Finland in May. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> That was a glory statement. We're there. Welcome. Brought the nation with you. That's patriotism. Hey, I'm going to put my hands on your chest, and I'm going to believe for no more chronic fatigue syndrome. Who's going to believe with me right now? Lord, we pray, breathe the breath of life into these lungs right now. Breathe the creative miracle anointing right now. In the name of Jesus, and I command right now, chronic fatigue syndrome, go. All the breathing complications go. In the name of Jesus. Bam! Shakarababakumbaya. Right now. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire in Jesus' name. Woo-shambakarababasambaya. Lungs on fire. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Woo-shambaya. Go and be healed. Come here, ma'am. Woo-shitiradabokumbaya. What word are you responding to? The thyroid. Put your hands like that for me. In the name of Jesus, we command right now, thyroid condition, be healed. Thyroid, be healed. In Jesus' name. Fire, Lord, in Jesus' name. No more complications in Jesus' name. No more complications in Jesus' name. How are you feeling, my man? Take a deep breath in. How's that feel? Perfect. Perfect. I think perfect is good. Oh, somebody. Now go and run five miles, you man of faith. No, I'm joking. Hey, I need you here. You feel anything happening as I pray for you? You don't always have to. You don't always have to. I just like to ask every now and then. It's just peace. You're feeling something. Peace. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost. Well, the Lord loves you so much. I believe he's touching you here tonight. Go and be healed. Go and be healed. Next. What are you believing for, my man? Um, rapture in heaven. You say rapture? Uh, Hallelujah. <laughs> my man. Rapture. What was it that you said? A rapture in heaven. Oh, a rupture in the abdomen. Hey, I'm like in time. I'm like, ah, take me up. Ah. <laughs> a rupture.
rupture in the abdomen. Where's it at? Does it still affect you? Is it like a hernia? Um, no. It's just a rupture. What now? Um, kidney. Kidney. Kidney failure. Kidney issues. How many of you guys want to believe in me right now for the Lord to touch up? Kidney be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed right now. Oh, abdomen rupture. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Bam! Right now. Ooh, that's glory on you. Loose. Be healed. Kurabatambaya. <laughs> Some new tongues. Kurabatambaya. Hey, fire, Lord, in Jesus' name. It's getting loopy up here. It's like, woo! Shababaya. All right, who do I got left? Now, only respond to my words of knowledge right now. I'm going to pray for everybody at the end of the night. All right? Come here, sweetie. Eyes, right? You have a thyroid condition, too? Mm, I don't think so. Some gland issues? Man, I keep feeling like so strong. Well, expect the Lord to touch you there. I do believe that there's something going on there, okay? Because I'm feeling it very, very strongly, a very, very high frequency. All right, so just expect the Lord to... And I, wear oh, I don't want to wear contacts anymore. You don't want to wear those. And I need a new disc in my back. A new disc. Mm-hmm. I believe the Lord can give it. Lift your hands high. Oh, Lord, we pray. Heal her eyes right now in Jesus' name. We pray, give her a new disc in Jesus' name. No more pain in that back. Now, there's all these people that keep coming back up. Like, I haven't called any new words in a while. I mean, I keep saying thyroid, but here, come here. Thyroid issues. Thyroid. And also digestion. And digestion. I believe someone's going to be completely healed of a thyroid condition here tonight. Bam! Hey, all right, come here. Come to me. What are you responding to? For my wife, she could not come tonight because she's not well. For Parkinson's disease, for digestive problems, for loss of uh, short-term memory. Uh-huh. So you're standing in the gap for her. Yeah. Come on, saints, believe with me. What's your wife's name? Piwa. Piwa. Lord, we stand in the gap for her right now. We lift her up to you. We come against Parkinson's disease in the name of Jesus. We invoke the name of Jesus above the name of Parkinson's disease. Whoa, We say healing in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, touch the function of her digestive system in Jesus' name. We pray, completely heal her. All to the glory of the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray, bless this man of God. Give him strength in his care for her. Give him strength today. We pray fire, Lord, in Jesus' name. Bam! What's up? Thyroid. What now? Thyroid. Thyroid. It's like getting hazy. I'm like, what was that? Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. Did you break your wrist at one point? Your wrist? You ever have an issue like with your, your tendons? Is that what I'm feeling? Yeah. yeah. Like tightness? Let me see this. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Oh, In the name of Jesus, be healed. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Loose. And I prayed for you. 
how are you doing after I prayed for you? I prayed for your digestion. How are you doing? You feel anything happening? Mm, some, but not all the way. Okay, you're up. You're back up here. Did you? Did you, I call out another word? The thyroid. The thyroid. That as well. Lord, we pray completely heal. Lord, we pray completely heal. In the name of Jesus. Just go ahead and turn here for a second. Completely heal. Completely heal. Oh, shamba karabo siti rebo korabaye brabaya. Loose. All right, my man, come here. Like, let the bodies hit the floor. Hey, How do I know that song? Hey, thyroid. I actually saw a Benny Hinn video like, on YouTube. Anybody seen that? I don't think it's his song. But <laughs> whoa, thyroid. Thyroid. Oh Lord, we pray, touch him, Lord. We command the thyroid to be healed. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just pray for a fresh anointing on my brother. All right, I'll come to you. What are you responding to? Thyroid. The thyroids. See, there's so many thyroids. Yes. Be healed in Jesus' name. Loose. Whoa. What are you responding to? Thyroid. The thyroid. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, Shambaya. Thyroid be healed. You thyroid too? Oh, Shambakaya. Thyroid be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, Shambakataye. Loose. Be healed in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a mighty shout for that. Hey. You can take that. Oh, Rebasiti Rebo Shambaya. Yeah, you can move that out for me. Man, I love the healing anointing. I love flowing in that stuff. Hey, we got a foot in the way. That's all right. You're the gland guy? You have issues there too, like thyroid? No, no, just a swollen gland. Just, just a swollen gland. Lord, we thank you for healing his lungs here tonight. Lord, to completely heal those glands in Jesus' name. Ooh, shambakarabaya. That's power. Oh, that's power. Are you responding to something too? Look at my ushers are getting in on it. Hey, they're like, I want this. Broke that wrist five times. Let me see that wrist. Digestion. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to knee you. Hey! Bam! Be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, right now. No more digestive issues. Bam! Oh, hallelujah. I couldn't hardly get my leg up. You know, I'm out of shape here. Hey! anything happen when I need you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, besides obvious kneeing pain? <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, I did. Oh, shabrabba, yeah. That's uh, the anointing. I don't often throw a knee in there. High levels of anointing. Hey. <laughs> hey. Come on, give the Lord another mighty shout. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, well, that was fun. I'm going to make a transition here. I'm going to quickly... What's up? He's got to get out into this now. <laughs> Today I was... Uh, I saw you in a really incredible way. You had on royal robes and you had a crown on your head and you were a king. And, uh, yeah, and I saw that what you're getting ready to go into. What you're getting ready to go into. Solomon and a revelation. I've never heard this. I don't know anybody's ever sought it out. I've read it in the scripture, but I've never seen this except today and tonight. I've never seen it before. 
Solomon set up a network of cities. He had posts outside of Jerusalem. And he went into areas that other people didn't. And he built cities and built things. And he had this network up uh, 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 where he had rulers and he had overseers and he had weaponry and he had horses and chariots and he had people that uh, did artisan things. He set up an entire network with the highest technology they had in the day. I seen you getting a revelation of this, and I seen that network being birthed. Here's what he wanted me to tell you. The kingly anointing is coming to the body of Christ, but it has to come upon those that I've ordained to carry it in a kingly anointing. <coughs> Solomon is a type and shadow of both things, the Christ and the Antichrist. <laughs> As you know, he flew. He he fell away and become a really. Uh, uh, he mingled all of the temples and things into into the city of Jerusalem. Before he did that, he built what looks like the King of Kings and what he's going to bring on the earth. It was a type and a shadow. He was both of them showing us that both of those things will operate at the same time through the same people of God in the same nation called the holy nation on the on the on the earth you're going to be you're called by God to establish the kingly a network that will be the absolute answer against the false kingly network and that which is meant for failure and defeat because it's taking on an antichrist spirit which copies the real but is not it's a counterfeit Counterfeit kingdoms are about to fall. They're out there everywhere in every kind of religion. God says, I'm going to raise you up as a voice with a kingly anointing, and you're going to set up this network. You're going to see this network in the life of Solomon. It's going to give you revelation all through the scripture, and people will say, this is Stephen King Powell in the name of Jesus. So that's where that came from. I knew it had to be some form of revelation, not a slip of the tongue, but I received that. Oh, hallelujah, the Solomon anointing, the networks, the net that works. Wouldn't that be a, a, a wonderful thing to see, a network that works in the church? Hey! <laughs> but yes, there is an, ap an, an establishing of real apostolic order. The apostolic has not been fully restored in the church regardless of what people say it has not until you see the ministries of Peter and Paul again in that kind of apostolic order and that kind of apostolic power it has not been fully restored yet God will take the order of things and he will flip it back upside down again and the apostles and the prophets will become the leaders the main leaders in the church again the most influential and their anointing will trickle down like the anointing the oil trickled down from Aaron's beard into the whole garments their anointing will trickle down and will bring the whole church up to a new level of power and glory that we haven't seen since the early church God will flip it now the most influential people in the body of Christ the most influential leaders are teachers with big television ministries but God will flip it God will flip it and bring the apostles and the prophets to the forefront and in case you're wondering I'm speaking from one of William Branham's last prophecies that he released on planet earth before dying and going to heaven in 1965 he told a friend of mine over the phone or the, my, the, the friend of his told me over the phone, but he told him face to face when he was just a young man. 
He said that God is going to bring forth a teaching movement. There's going to be a very strong teaching movement. He said it will last for decades in the body of Christ. And we saw that. We saw this teaching movement come forth, and it birthed the televangelists. It birthed the television teaching ministry that has become the main shakers and leaders in the body of Christ today, the most influential shakers and leaders in the body of Christ today. But Branham prophesied that that would eventually die out, that would eventually, God would eventually transition, and he saw apostles and prophets come on the scene that would have the absolute heart of God. That was his words. He said they would have the absolute heart of God. And because they were given the absolute heart of God, everything they said, God would back it. Everything they say. God's going to restore the ministry of Samuel to the church. The ministry of Samuel, God let none of his words fall to the ground. Thus saith the Lord is going to come back into the church. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. So I received that. I burned for that. I want to move in the kingly anointing. We haven't just been given a priestly anointing, but a kingly anointing. The kingly anointing demands influence. It also demands the wealth and the power, all those things. <clears throat> and uh, I just want to make mention of a few things before I get going too quickly here. We got my book out there, Financial Glory for America, Israel, and the Nations. You're going to want this book. It was a few years ago when I was first entering into the ministry, I was visited by a financial angel on the airplane. And since that time, we've seen extraordinary miracles in this realm. And I was telling Glenda today and Timothy when I was at lunch, <clears throat> I didn't realize the work that God was doing, even in my heart, even in my life, with two years almost of just continual visitations from heaven on this subject of financial glory. But actually, God is preparing men and women's hearts to bear a level of authority and power that we've rarely seen in the day that we live in. We've rarely seen since some of these biblical stories that I'm talking about. But you see, if you're going to bear the authority, if you're going to bear the power, the authority, of the king, you've got to have heart issues taken care of. That's what the spirit and power of Elijah does. I talked about it last night, Matthew chapter 3. The axe is being laid to the root, the root issues, the heart issues. And when you get to the very, very root issues, you always find money. Where your heart is, your treasure will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Right? One of the visitations that I don't talk about in this book, I talk about in my second book coming out in May, but one of the visitations I had was the international banker angel took me to heaven. I was in this scene, and I was actually dining in this like heavenly restaurant. It was amazing. I was dining with the king in this amazing restaurant, right? And that's what the Lord's doing in the church right now. He's restoring us to dine with the king at his table, our inheritance. David in his day found Mephibosheth, which was Jonathan's son, and restored him to dine at the king's table just as one of his sons. That's what he's doing with us. He's restoring us to dine from our inheritance. It's a part of our inheritance. But this angel comes around the corner in this heavenly experience, and he's got like one of those like waiter trays. I don't know. I've never been in a fancy restaurant like this, but I know from you know TV knowledge, I guess. <laughs> hey, has anybody ever seen that? Like, oh, the waiter looks it's all fancy, and they got drinks on it and stuff. Well, he comes around like this, and he lowers it in front of me, in front of my face, and there's not like wine or drinks or anything on there. There's a piece of paper. And I grab the piece of paper, and the moment I grab the piece of paper, it, like, fear, like, fills me. A lot of times when you're in this, these heavenly encounters, everything's, like, really, really heightened, right? Everything's really, really heightened. Well, fear just filled me the moment I grabbed that little piece of paper, and I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, did my credit card decline? 
Doesn't that seem funny, like, that I would be thinking about plastic in heaven? Does this seem odd to you? But you see, it was a revelation of my heart. We don't even know it. Our hearts are tied to a Babylonian banking system, to a debtor system. It influences us in ways that we don't even understand. Even from birth, we've been born into a system. It's all tied up, hard issues with this. This is why biblical finance, this is why biblical prosperity, the message of financial glory is so important. It is so much more than, hey, God wants to bless you. It is actually about getting you completely free from your dependency on a Babylonian banking system that is doomed to fail. The whole thing is going to crash, just so you know. It's all going to crash. It's only the grace and mercy of God that's keeping me back right now. I'm going to talk about that a little later. That's one of the things that Gabriel showed me. Many Christians are going to be in a world of hurt if they don't learn now how to be dependent on heaven. You know, the economy essentially crashed in Elijah's day when he shut up, in the, hev- up the heavens and all the livestock started dying because that was a huge part of their economy, was the livestock, right? But Elijah was I. He was I. Hey, what's up, my brother? I. No. I'm from Alaska, so that probably came from television too. I don't know. But he was all right. The ravens visited him and fed him. The Lord commanded a widow to use her last jar of oil on him. Right? Big decision, right? Big risk. But the Lord supernaturally provided. And this is a huge part of this message right now. My third book coming out is going to be Financial Glory for the End Times. It's going to teach people. The Lord has given me these systems. Like you're talking about these blueprints about how to establish a Joseph storehouse in the earth. How to establish your own economy within economies. It's a Goshen within Egypt. Did you know you can have that? Did you know you can establish your own economy that's completely dependent on heaven? And no matter how much Egypt is crashing and burning around you, Goshen is preserved. I mean, there's some major stuff here. It's incredible. I'm revelating. Hey, where'd my book go? <laughs> I'm losing books. Going to the worship team. That's not a bad thing. Hey, but get my book. Get my audio teachings. I got all kinds of stuff here. I got a Spirit and Power of Elijah series here. This is really cutting edge revelation about a fresh prophetic anointing that God's releasing right now and everybody needs to understand it. Everybody needs to have an open heart to understand it because it is very, very important for preparation for what is coming. Preparation for what is coming. Like I shared about last night, God is putting that axe to the root right now. He's dealing with heart issues and the spirit and power of Elijah, those end time messengers he sends forth and with their message, the body of Christ is being tried and tested right now. I'm telling you right now, just like Israel was tried and tested during their day when John the Baptist came on the scene and began to bring forth that kingdom message of repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That axe is beginning to be laid to the root right now. It's like I shared last night. God is dealing with these heart issues. He's dealing with these root issues. Why? Because there's coming a season in which the rains will begin to fall so hard, but everything will mature under it. Everything will come to full maturity, even in you, even in me. And there's some of these things we have to deal with now Why there's grace. And of course, I know you guys love the seer anointing. I put together a four-part teaching prophetic series on the seer because I want to see people activated in dreams, visions, and prophetic experiences. Amen? I'm going to go ahead and do this right now. We do want to 
give you the opportunity to stay connected. Can you help me, Miss Glenda? Pass around both those. Here, here's a pin here. We have these email sign-up lists here. I forgot to do this last night and this morning. But I want to make opportunity to pass those around. If you guys would like to stay connected with our ministry, we would love to stay connected with you. And as I was sharing a little bit this morning and last night, I've established this new ministry media platform called The Prophetic Voice. The Prophetic Voice. We're sending out free prophetic teaching every week to everybody that signs up on the list. You get free messages every week. Um, we're establishing something because I believe, just like Timothy was prophesying, you're prophesying some networks and you're, you're prophesying even technology. You said something about technology. God's going to use technology in an extraordinary way. I believe that the prophetic voice is going to fill the entire earth. I believe the prophetic voice is going to fill the entire earth. And we're establishing something right now to make a platform for the Lord to speak from the throne every single day on a continual basis. I believe that literally... They'll come forth media ministries that prophets have control over and that prophets um, are using on a daily basis. I believe they'll come forth media ministries that will eventually start to transform the markets because literally people will start looking to hear from God, even God's take on current world events and not so much the news. That needs to happen because the news is actually very, very spiritual. It's actually very, very religious. They come in with a paradigm, and they come in with a view of God or lack thereof, and then they interpret, they filter all of the current events and all of the so-called news through that filter. Right? But I believe that God wants to establish His own platform to speak from in a very, very powerful way. I believe there's coming a day where every man, woman, and child on the planet are going to know what God's saying. Very clearly. I believe that God's going to amplify the prophetic voice in such a way. And once again, it comes back into the restoration of a Samuel-type ministry. When Samuel was established to be a prophet in Shiloh, all of Israel knew it. The whole nation knew it. The whole nation knew who was carrying the voice of God. I don't claim to carry the only voice of God. The church of Jesus Christ carries the voice of God. Amen? The prophetic anointing in the earth still carries it. God is going to amplify it. He's going to amplify it. And I'm telling you, I've been so encouraged by even just the little testimonies that we've seen in the last few weeks. If you were here this morning, I talked about this testimony about how two weeks ago, right after I established this new media thing, the prophetic voice, in a service in Oriskany, New York, two weeks ago, I was in the service praying and prophesying, and this angel appeared in the service, and he unrolled a scroll right in front of me, and it said, the destiny of New York. The destiny of New York. How many of you guys know that when God puts the word of God in your mouth, it's like Jeremiah 1, you can actually tear down and build up, and you can affect whole nations. You can affect the destiny of whole states, of whole regions, of whole nations. That was the implication of the word that God put in Jeremiah the prophet's mouth. He said, I have put you over the nations. I put you. Oh, I'm telling you. God's going to use the prophetic voice and God's going to use an apostolic anointing to galvanize and bring together an army of end time believers, an army of the dawn, and we're going to move with power. We're going to affect real change. It's Joel's army. The earth trembles as they march. There never will be and never will be again anyone like them, the Bible says. They are fierce, warlike. Lion-like faces. Oh, the spirit of the champion. The spirit of the champion. But this 
angel came down right in the service and he said, I'm going east. I'm going east with life. And it was like Ezekiel 47. The river, the river of life began to flow eastward. And the Lord said, I'm sending this angel eastward to the capital to bring life. And what I really didn't fully understand until one of the intercessors told me after the church, and she said, Stephen, you don't realize how significant this prophecy was. She said, there's actually a proposal right now that they're trying to inject into the budget proposal that must be finalized by this last Sunday here, April Fool's, Resurrection Day. They said there's actually a proposal they're trying to slip in there to greatly expand abortion. So the Lord sent the angel with the edict and the decree from the heavenly courts to overturn what the devil was trying to push through the earthly courts to expand death. The enemy was trying to expand the authority and the dominion of the spirit of death that was behind abortion in that state. But the Lord says, I am going to break out with resurrection power and life in New York. I'm reopening the wells of Finney. Oh, Shikirabaya. Whole cities will come under the glory. Whole cities will come under the power. Just like God used Charles G. Finney, Father Nash, his head intercessor. Literally, in 1832, 1833, the entire city of Rochester came to the Lord. What's up, my man? I can't help you right now. Okay, I'm I'm ministering right now, buddy, so you're going to have to wait a little bit, okay? Yeah. Go with pastor. Bless you, buddy. You guys pay attention to this flow. Right here. I can't be distracted. i got to release something tonight and have you guys out of here by midnight. Hallelujah. I'm shooting for midnight. Hey. But I'm here to tell you, saints, we release this word through that platform that the Lord has established with us and just in a matter of days we had tons of Christians all over New York not just fasting and praying for this thing to be shot down but calling the representatives rallying calling the state senators and that abortion bill was shot down it was not pushed through come on somebody isn't that exciting but we're going to see amazing things with this I believe amazing things and I believe that we're going to capture something. I believe that God's going to speak very, very powerfully. So I said all that to say, this is the vision that we have. We have four main platforms we're operating from right now. We're operating from Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, and then the email. But every single day we send out these emails, and it's a point not just to connect you with us, but us with you. And it's a point to rally intercession. It's a point to rally prayer. It's a, it, it's a point to mobilize and be the effective body of Christ that we're called to be in this nation. Amen? So sign up for that. We'll send you this free message. This week's free message is, I am the God that heals you. I am the God that heals you. We're doing a broadcast every Friday right now on, on Facebook and in Periscope every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's called Faith Healing Friday. And we're seeing incredible miracles right on the, on the camera there, right on the, t- the technology, right on the social media. So check out that. If you guys have your Bibles, go to Malachi 3 real quick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the glory. I'm going to share briefly with you 
this encounter that I had recently with a financial angel, and I am going to prepare to take up an offering. So no sneak attack here. I am going to prepare to take up an offering, just so you know. So even begin to thank and even begin to ask the Lord right now what he would have you give here tonight. But I want to tell you, I had a fresh visitation from a financial angel when I was in Albany. Actually, before I went to Oriskany, and I prophesied that word, the Lord was going eastward. And in fact, Albany was eastward from Oriskany, where I was prophesying that. Before I went there, I was in Albany, New York a few weeks ago, the capital. And before the service, before I was in the service ministering, I was praying back at my host home, and I found myself being caught up in the spirit and beholding the scene, and I'm like, man, this place looks familiar. It was actually the church that I was fixing to go minister in. It was the church, and I'm beholding the scene. And I got to looking closer, and I'm like, wow, it's offering time in the church. Like, they're taking up the offering. I recognize the little baskets, the little bins that they use to take up the offering. And the offering, the, the guy, the usher comes up and he's got this offering bucket and it was like right here in the service this aisle right here and he's standing there with the basket and then I see an angel of God a financial angel come down from heaven and stand right in front of the man who was holding the offering and he took the offering basket and the angel took it back to heaven that's what he did he took it back to heaven now like I said I don't know how this works like I said last night, if someone takes the offering, I mean, don't say it's the angel, right? We need to watch over that. Hey, shakarabaya. But I don't know how this works, but somehow, saints, offering is translated. Somehow it is translated. Somehow it has substance. It is translated into the heavenly realm. Did you know that God actually receives your offering? Did you know that he actually categorize it he actually keeps track of it did you know that god actually has an accounting system in heaven yes that's right every tear he he puts in his bottle every hair he counts in numbers and even the offering offerings offered in faith offerings offered with a pure heart the lord keeps track of them all why because in his word he says that he must multiply back to you pressed down shaken together and running over but this is what i want you to see here i want you to see here tonight this revelation in malachi 3 you know malachi 3 is the big evangelical chapter that we use when talking about tithes and offering but if you skip right to verse 11 actually it says in verse 10 if you skip right to the latter part of that verse there malachi 3 10 it says see if i will not open up the windows of heaven and pour it out you see, the context of this chapter is an open heaven. Did you know that when you give unto the Lord, even in a church service, and it doesn't even have to be in a church service, because the Bible says, whatsoever you do in word and deed, do it as unto the Lord. Right? How many of you guys know that even when you're just being randomly generous on the streets, randomly generous out there in the marketplace, you're giving as unto the Lord. Jesus said, do this to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Right? You see, there's this transactional system in the economy of heaven. He's constantly receiving that if you do it as unto the Lord. If you do it in faith. Are you hearing me? And God actually keeps track of this stuff. Okay? I'm giving you insight behind the veil with some of this stuff, how some of this stuff works. Because some of us are not fully benefiting from our seed because we do not understand this. We do not grasp this biblically from a perspective of truth. And a lot of times we lose sight of actually what we're doing. We lose sight of actually what's happening here. Okay, but this is the context of this scripture. scripture this scripture. Hey. This. Lord, help me. That could have been bad. Hallelujah. 
this is the context of this scripture. Hallelujah. Say open heavens. How many guys want to operate out of the open heaven? Open heavens. Open heavens, Lord. Let there be an open heaven tonight, Lord. Even over the offering. Even over finances. Even over every transaction we're involved in here in the earth. As we do this to the least of these, we're doing it unto you, Lord. It's an offering being offered up to you. And this is what I want you to see in this scripture. This goes far beyond your money. Money is simply an extension of your offering as yourself. You understand that, right? It's not just the offering, but it's the offerer. And that's why the early part of this chapter starts out with the offerer. It doesn't start out with the offering. How many of you guys have ever taught, how many of you guys have ever heard it taught in an offering sermon? And I'm not quite ready, guys, so just chill out for a second. I'll call it for the, the buckets here in a moment. But how many of you guys have ever heard someone preach an offering sermon from Malachi 3 and not start at verse 8? Will a man rob from God? How many of you guys have ever heard someone go back? Well, let me tell you something. The whole chapter is in its proper context, starting in verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? There's some things that don't endure the translation into heaven. There's some things that do not endure his glory presence. It says, who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, a launderer's soap. He sits as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi. You see, the priests, the offerers are being purified. They're the ones that are sitting under the refining fire. They're the ones that are coming under those purging, purifying fires. And he says, I will purge them as gold and silver. What? That they may offer. That they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So the Lord prepares the offerer to offer up the offering. Okay? Now here's what I saw. When I saw the angel come into the heavenly realm before the throne of God the angel put the little basket of offering there and I could still see like the financial offering in there I could still see it in the basket and then the moment he did that there was like a fire that proceeded from the throne and proceeded to devour the basket completely devour it and to my shock and awe there was no longer a bunch of money in the basket there were only three small gold coins that's it. The Lord only received three people's offering that night. That was it. And there were many people that gave, much more than three. The Lord only received three. And on the gold coins were written their names. And then an angel came out of the heavenly treasury room, out of the treasury room of heaven, and gathered up those gold coins and proceeded to go and make an account of it and deposit it in those people's specific accounts. That's what I saw. And then I heard the voice of the Lord boom in the throne room. And here's what I heard. The seed that succeeds is the seed I receive. That's what I heard the Lord say. The seed that succeeds is the seed I receive. Did you know that God does not receive all your offerings? Did you know that God does not receive... Let me just put it this way, not your offerings. God does not receive everything that the church is offering. 
it says, let there be a purifying that they may offer to the Lord. Then the offering, verse 4, of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant unto the Lord. Did you know that some offerings are not pleasant? Why? Because they're being done out of a wrong motive. They're being done out of a wrong heart motive. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. The pleasant offering is an offering that's offered in faith. In faith. Do you know this practice that we have in the American church of, hey, the bucket comes by, everybody throws in a $20 bill, everybody contributes, let's keep the lights on. It's completely carnal. It's completely earth-based. And many times, people are not even considering who they're giving to. Not even considering. And I made mention of this last night. I said, Lord, how is this? How is it that you're not receiving much of the American church? And he showed me another vision. He showed me another scene. And it was me at a restaurant tipping someone for service. And he said, that's how a lot of your offerings are in the American church. You're tipping the preacher based on how well he served you. And it has nothing to do with God many times. It's very, very carnal. It's very, very earth-based. Did you know that the Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin? Romans 14. Translation, this whole faith thing is a big deal. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Don't give unless you hear from God. When you hear from God... Then you have purpose. Then you have that word of faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. Then you can give with intention. You can give in purpose. You can give as unto the Lord. Amen? But you see, here's the big web of deception that's been spun. We've been taught that, hey, it's unholy. It's unrighteous. It's impure to give unto the Lord and to receive, to expect to get from the Lord. That's what we've been taught in many circumstances. I don't give to get, brother. I give just because of the abundance and the wonderfulness of my heart. And that's all great and everything, but here's why that's wrong. Here's why it's very, very wrong. It's because God wants you coming to Him, nobody else, for your provision and for your prosperity. He wants you being completely dependent on Him. Why? Because when He pours it out and He empowers you to do every last thing you're called to do, He gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. Abraham, Genesis 14 to 15. I have raised my hand, king of Sodom, and I have sworn to heaven. I have sworn to God that I will only prosper by God. He said, hey, this is not coming from the Lord. He had a word of wisdom. As it is today, it was probably back then, as politicians, as kings, pay off people today, and they come under their influence, they come under their authority, he was probably sensing a word of wisdom from the Lord that, hey, the king of Sodom is giving with alternative motives here. That's why it was so important when Trump ran for the presidency, he said, I'm not taking your money. Thank you very much. He changed the spiritual climate. He changed the authority. He was able to effectively come in under a new anointing, under a new mantle, because he didn't take the money. Are you hearing me? This is important spiritual principles here. It is so important that you come to the Lord for your prosperity. And when you give unto the Lord, even in an offering service like we're having right now, you're giving unto the Lord. You're not giving to me. You're not giving to eagle's nest. Now you understand that this is an extension of God's kingdom. This is an extension of what God's doing. And it's distributed according to an order that the Lord set up here on the earth. But I want to tell you here tonight, saints, look beyond the natural. 
Look beyond the natural. Understand what you're doing. Now listen to this. In verse 4, it says, Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord, right? Hebrews eleven six. It's impossible to please the Lord without faith. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder. A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you come to God, you must believe to he, that he is. When you come to the Lord, and when you give unto the Lord, even here tonight, you must believe that he is Jehovah Jireh in your life. That is pleasing to him. Do you understand it pleases him? When you give as unto him, and you expect to receive of his kingdom, you expect to prosper under his hand to do what he's called you to do, do you understand that's pleasing to him? You understand this is relational? This is a part of your relationship with God? It is such an important part of being a Christian. It is such an important thing for the days that we're living in. There's too many Christians. They're not dependent on God. They're tipping God. It's like Luke 21. They're not depending on God like that woman, that widow that gave the two mites. The Bible says she gave out of her great need. She gave out of her poverty. She gave out of her lack. In other words, it hurt. I believe it's very, very important to give on a regular basis in a way that it hurts. In a way that you feel it. Once again, another kingdom concept, it's called sacrifice. Glory comes out of sacrifice. But the Bible says that the rich men, the rich people gave, and they gave this huge amount, but in God's eyes, they gave hardly anything. Do you see that? God does not see giving the way that you and I do. God does not see giving the way that you and I do. It has to be done in faith. It has to be done with a pure heart, with a pure motive. Are we giving to the Lord today? Or are we giving to the ministries that we think serve us the best? Are we giving them a tip? Are we rendering payment due for service? Are you hearing me, saints? This is an issue. It shook me whenever the Lord told me this. He said, Stephen, I'm not receiving a lot of the offering that the church is offering. It says in verse 4, Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord, as in the days of old, in the former years. I will come near for judgment. You hear this? You see, you sow into the heavens, and you reap of God's judgment. Now, why would we want God's judgment? Here's why. Because he says, when I come with judgment, when I come near with judgment, I'm a swift witness against sorcerers against idolaters, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners. You see that? You see how you sow into the heavens and then you reap, literally, out of the glory realm, God begins to move in the midst of your city and deals with people that are exploiting wage earners. That's your solution right there. Not socialism, not communism. Your solution is sowing into the heavens. And God releasing his economy in the earth. Do you see it? Then I'll open up the heavens. I'll pour you out a blessing you can't even contain. What is that? That's the overflow. That's you having too much. Amen? I'll tell you this last story, then we'll take up this offering. Jesus appeared to me. I've told this before, but Jesus appeared to me about a year and a half ago in Canada. When I was in Canada during the revival that took place with my brother Todd Bentley in Hamilton, Ontario. And the Lord walked up to me and he handed me a bowl of pudding. And I was like, yum, hallelujah, pudding. What is this? 
And he pointed his finger, right, as he often does. He pointed his finger at me. Oh, my discernment kicks in. My nose freaks out. Hallelujah. I'm like, ah, discernment. Hey. But uh, the Lord pointed his finger at me. (laughs) I don't know why I'm pointing at you guys. Hey. The Lord pointed his finger at me. And he said, I am making you to eat of the fat of the land. That's what he said. He said, you'll find it in Genesis 45. And I went and looked it up. And the Bible says that Pharaoh spoke to Joseph and said, come and bring all your family into the land of the Egypt and you're going to eat the good of the land and the fat of the land. So what is the fat of the land? The fat of the land is excess. It's having too much. It's having too much. That is the result of when you begin to give to God in faith, with a pure heart, with a pure motive. Amen? You guys receiving this from tonight? uh, tonight? It's very, very important. So even as you approach the offering right now, I want you to approach the Lord. I want you to picture that throne room scene in your mind, in your mind's eye, in your spirit right now. And I want you to give as unto the Lord. Now what I always instruct is I tell people, actually ask the Lord. Lord, what what would you have me give? If you're making out checks tonight, you can make them out to the eagle's nest. The eagle's nest. If you're watching online on this camera here, there should be a link there, correct, in the title? There's a link there in the title. Just click that link and donate securely online. Same thing here with Periscope. You can actually flip over to the bio. You can give securely through that link in the bio. Hallelujah. But if you didn't come ready to give with cash or check tonight, we do have the ability for you to pay with credit card. There's my friend back here. She has a couple people back here. Um, they have these swiper go swipey. I'm thinking Dora. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somehow lodged in there from hours of being tortured, being a parent. No, I'm joking. <laughs> swiper no swipey. Jesus, help me. But uh, if you prefer also, if you want to do it in the privacy of your own seat, we have these envelopes as well. You can give securely through uh, with a credit or debit card with an envelope. Where's my buddy? Where's Nicholas at? I gave this to him last night. But I can, can I give this to someone, some usher or something? Here you go. I'll give it to him. If you need one of those, just raise your hand, and he'll give you one of those envelopes. Otherwise, you can go in the back, and you give securely. What, did something happen? Did you get whacked? Hey, sikarabo sambaya. He's like handing them to everybody. Hey. He's in the glory. Everybody's hands up. Hallelujah. But once again, I just want you to ask the Lord right now. Lord, what would you have me give? And be obedient. Okay? A lot of times, if you think too much about it, you'll talk yourself out of it. Don't think. Just see it. Just receive it. Get that number. Discern it. You guys are spiritual people. You all hear from God. I'm telling you. I had someone write me on Facebook there, Stephen, how do, I, how, do, how do I know what I'm supposed to give in the offering? You know. You know. It's already there. Just take it by faith. Just do it. <laughs> I'm a get or done kind of faith guy. If God tells you to give 100, give 100. If God tells you to give 1,000, give 1,000. If God tells you to give 10,000, give 10,000. I'm telling you, we've got to move in faith. And whenever you move in faith, whenever you move in obedience something is knocked loose. I'm telling you, some of you that are in this room here tonight, you really need to respond to this message. You really need to respond to this message. I'm I'm telling you right now, I don't need your money. I don't. I'm dependent on God. I'm dependent on the economy of heaven. I've had plenty of situations where I've been shut down saying a message like this and nobody gives and I'm like, hallelujah. And then I walk out the door a day later and someone hands me a check for 10 grand. It's like I've seen that multiple times multiple times 
I'm telling you right now, I'm not dependent on you. This is about you and the Lord. But I'm telling you right now, I'm discerning it from the Lord. Some of you really need to respond to this message. Otherwise, nothing's ever going to change in your life. God is not obligated to fulfill his word in your life. He is not obligated. He is only obligated to fulfill the word that you mix with faith. The word will not profit you. Financial term, the word will not profit you unless it is mixed with faith. Faith without works is dead. Respond to this message. Give unto the Lord. And don't just respond to this message tonight. Keep responding to it. Change your life. Amen? This is a very important part of being a Christian. I try to give every single day. Every single day, I try to give in some way, in some form, one way or another. I get nervous if like a few days go by and I haven't given. Why? Because if you're a constant sower, you're a constant harvester. If you bear the mantle of generosity, which is actually a part of the kingly mantle, you're in a constant state of harvest. Everywhere you go, you carry a glory realm, and everybody just wants to sow into you. Everybody wants to bless you. Everybody wants to open up doors for you. Favor just gets on you. I'm telling you, it's related to this. So if you're ready to sow, I'm going to pray right now. Wow, the babies have been active over here. Hallelujah. It's like, boom. Hey, she got up by up. But grab your seed in your hand if you're ready to sow. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give as unto the Lord tonight. We approach, whoa, your very throne here tonight, Lord. We give, Lord, with intention. We give with faith. We give according to your word. And we thank you, Lord, as we give. You're going to sow it back to us. You're going to cause us to reap, Lord. Press down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, we come to you tonight, and we recognize that you are the Lord of the harvest. You are the Lord of the Sabbath. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, my provider. Oh, Shambaya, we confess here tonight, man is not my source. The economy, the world economy is not my source. I am dependent on God and the economy of heaven. And Lord, we thank you for freedom in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for freedom in our hearts, Lord. Freedom to pursue you, freedom to follow you and not be fearful. Not be manipulated by the fear of man. Oh, she could have up somebody up. Lord, we thank you for freedom in our hearts, Lord. We give unto you in faith. We give sacrificially. And Lord, we pray, break all those ties with the Babylonian baking system. Lord, I pray, break every dependence that is not on you. And Lord, we thank you for favor. We thank you for an open heaven. We thank you for you pouring out blessing that we don't have room enough to contain. We thank you for the overflow. Whoa, she cannot buy up. Lord, release financial glory. Lord, release those financial angels, Lord, that minister effectively on our behalf. Lord, we release the seed unto you. And Lord, we pray, activate heaven. Activate the realm of glory in the name of Jesus. I call forth right now inheritance in the name of Jesus. I call forth restitution, even at a legal level, financial restitution in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we sow unto you, move with judgment, God. Judgment against those that exploit wage earners, those that exploit widows and orphans and illegals. Lord, we pray, move, Lord, with divine justice and divine judgment. Oh, Lord, we sow into you tonight. 
And Lord, we pray, receive our offering tonight. Receive it. We expect to receive, Lord. And we give with a pure heart as unto you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a mighty shout. Oh, shikira baba sambaya. Give in faith. Go ahead, take up that offer. And I just want to say, there's no guilt, and there's no, I want you to know if someone didn't give tonight, oh, I don't got an ugly eye for you or whatever. Right? There's some of you that have already given extravagantly. Some of you gave last night. And I just want to say thank you for everybody that's given. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Jeremiah 23. You guys doing all right here tonight? Actually, I'm going to start in Daniel 9 real quickly. And then I'm going to move to Jeremiah 23. I'm going to get some stuff out. Hey, Nathan, buddy. Can you help me position that a little bit more towards the pulpit here? Daniel chapter 9. Or actually, Daniel chapter 8. Sorry. Daniel 8. Now, I'm going to share briefly here tonight some of the things that Gabriel told me when I had this experience. But I want to share the context first of the first time that Gabriel appeared to the man, at least we have, that we have a record of in the Bible here in Daniel, the book of Daniel, uh, because there's some very, very relevant facts surrounding Daniel's visitation that happened to me. It happened much like this. Okay, and if you start with verse 15, it says, Then it happened, Daniel chapter 8, verse 15, 15 Then it happened, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning, that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. Now you notice how, at first, it was just the appearance of a man. There wasn't many details. And that's how it happened with me as well. When Gabriel first appeared to me, it was the appearance of a man actually surrounded by a dark cloud, believe it or not. And I could make it out that it was a man, but I couldn't make out the features really. It was very similar to this. Then he says in verse 16, I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli. The word Uli, uh, in the Hebrew, it means my leaders. My leaders. And it comes from actually a root word which means the mighty ones. The mighty leaders. So Gabriel comes to work with mighty leaders. Still today. The name Gabriel means warrior of God. Fierce warrior of God. And it says, I heard the man's voice. Okay? Between the banks of Uli. Who called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So this is often what happens. Is... A vision begins to break before you. You begin to enter into a prophetic experience, but sometimes your understanding has to catch up. And listen to this, saints. There's even angels that are assigned to revelatory ministry in the heavenly realm that come down to help with mine and yours understanding. And people say, well, why don't just the Holy Spirit do it, right? Why don't just the Holy Spirit do it? Yes, the Holy Spirit is very much involved, but once again, I didn't create this system. God did. Right? I have no reason to question it. I have no right to question it. If God wants to get an angel in on this whole making me to understand something, and the Holy Spirit's there ministering as well, who am I to say otherwise? God can do whatever He wants. But for whatever reason, angels, there are very, very high-ranking angels that God uses to help give us understanding. 
of mysteries, of things that we do not understand. Daniel's beholding the vision. He's seeing something. He's receiving something from heaven, but the understanding came after. He needed help with the understanding. And it says here, so he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. So this is another very, very important mark of true encounters, true visitations. It always has with it the fear of the Lord. A tangible fear of the Lord. And this explains why some of what, you know, I was like like I was the way I was, you know, when I first came out of this encounter last year. I was with you guys just a short time after this encounter, only about six weeks after this encounter last year. And if you can remember last time I came here last year, I mean I was edgy. I was fiery. It does something to you. There was a very, very tangible fear of the Lord released. It says that Daniel fell down afraid. He fell down on his face. He said to me, understand, son of man, that the, the vision refers to the time of the end. And I have news for you. This is not just the time of the end of the old covenant. I have news for you. That is incorrect teaching. Incorrect preterist eschatology. This message that Daniel received right here has end time implications. It has implications for the day that we're living in right now. The end means end. Wow, what a revelation. <clears throat> the end means end. Now, listen to this. I'm going to go back up to verse 16. Uh, verse 16. He heard the man's voice. That's one re- level of revelation. Between the banks of Uli, who called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Now, he heard a man's voice, and then he saw Gabriel, and then Gabriel began to speak to him. So there's actually another man's voice here that Daniel's hearing. Do you guys see that there? There's actually another man's voice that is speaking before Gabriel even begins to speak. And that's how it was in my encounter as well. As Gabriel's standing before me, the Holy Spirit's communicating to me the whole time. That's the understanding. Ultimately, it is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Revelation, the Spirit of Wisdom and Understanding that imparts the understanding, that causes you to connect the dots, so to speak. But as Gabriel is standing there in this encounter with me, at times Gabriel spoke directly to me. At times, this was such an open encounter, I was actually even able to interact with Gabriel. Ask him a few questions. Normally that doesn't happen with me. Normally I'm brought into a prophetic experience, I receive the message and I come out. That's normally how it works with me. But this encounter was different. It was very, very unique. This was not me like falling into a trance and going into the spirit realm, having revelation and coming out. This was like Gabriel breaking into my realm. He broke into my realm and woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning. But I want to explain this, okay, because there was a lot of stuff going on here. I heard why Gabriel's standing there and why the Holy Spirit is downloading like all this revelation. I also heard another voice. It sounded like the voice of a man. It boomed in the room from heaven. It was the voice of the Father. And this is what was revealed to me. Gabriel is actually the Father's very own angel. Gabriel is assigned to the voice of the Father. It is of the highest realm of revelation. It's equivalent to what Jesus, what the Bible talks about in Matthew 16, when Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Father, the flesh and blood has not given you this word. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the Father. Now notice how Jesus is standing there, and Jesus is the Word. 
but somehow there was something that happened there that bypassed the immediacy of the voice of the word himself, Jesus, and came directly from the Father. And he received it. Now, of course, we understand I'm a solid Trinitarian you know, person. I believe that you know, it's all together, it's all one, right? But somehow there's a distinction made at times. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and there's a reason for it. And I can't explain all this. I don't have all the answers. But it was revealed to me that Gabriel is actually assigned to the Father's voice. He is assigned to the voice that booms from the throne. He's assigned to that voice. And there are men and women that are being commissioned by that voice right now. They're hearing the voice that booms from the throne. And that was my experience when I was first visited by the Spirit of Elijah in Australia just weeks before I was visited by Gabriel, Gabriel always works with the spirit and power of Elijah. Always. That's why the first place you see Gabriel showing up in the New Testament is to announce the birth of John the Baptist, to announce that he would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. He always works with that anointing. But when I was visited by the spirit and power of Elijah, I described it, what was it, this morning, last night? I don't know, it's all just a blur now. It's all just a prophetic glory blur. Hey. <laughs> but uh, I was describing how when the Spirit of Bible Elijah came to me, it was the Lord Jesus in an open vision handing me the head of John the Baptist. And I was like, great, hallelujah. <laughs> and I, as I always say, who wants to be a prophet? Who wants to lose their head, you know, for speaking the truth? Because you know that's what happened, right? You know that John the Baptist wasn't beheaded when he was baptizing Jesus in the River Jordan. He was beheaded when he called out Herod's sin. Interesting. I got to be careful here. Sometimes I preach out of my water bottle. Hey. And I drink out of my mic. You know I'm really drunk when I do that. Hey. Oh, shit. that But when I was visited, when Jesus handed me that scene, hey, and it's funny because five days earlier I just bought a Dodge Charger. And in the King James, his head was on a charger. And it says, right? So all this funny stuff. I'm driving down the road, and I'm like, great, I get to lose my head. You see, this is all prophetic. Everything's prophetic, like in a prophet's life. New vehicles are new ministries. And right before I went to Australia, the Lord said, buy that car. And I'm like, why am I buying that car? I don't need that car. And my wife was like, buy that car. And I'm like, all right, I'll buy that car. I'm a wise man. I always ask the wife, hey. But then I get to Australia, and I'm given this new ministry. It's the ministry of... You know, being headhunted for speaking the truth. Hallelujah. Wonderful. It's interesting the way the Lord works. I'd been crying out for revival, awakening, and this is what he gives me. He gives me a ministry of judgment. But I'm telling you, there is so much power on this. There are things that need to be judged, just like I talked about in this scripture a moment ago. Judgment releases justice. Divine justice. We need justice in this nation. We need the authority and the rule of King Jesus to be established and to go forth. Amen? Whoa. So we should yearn for that. We should yearn for the righteous judgments of God. It's a good thing. But in this encounter, when I saw that vision in Australia, literally the whole earth shook. Now what I mean by that is we actually experienced a real earthquake in Australia when this anointing came. But then they changed their analysis and they said, it actually wasn't an earthquake, it was what's called a sonic boom. A rare weather phenomena in which sound comes from heaven and shakes the earth. So it happened. 
and you had two cloud covers up over Australia. That's the early rain and the latter rain combined. James chapter 5. Elijah, a man like us, right? You know the anointing there that's seen in James chapter 5? The anointing of the Spirit power of Elijah. The latter rain, the early rain, and the latter rain combined for a mighty outpouring. You had two cloud covers over Australia that night, and you had thunder that began to erupt between the cloud covers, and it had nowhere to go. It got stuck, so it shot out over the land horizontally, and it shook the whole land by sound. And that's the spirit and power of Elijah. It's the voice that booms from the throne. It's John the Baptist coming out of the wilderness, a voice crying in the wilderness, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. And it says the voice of one. I'm ready for the voice of one. I want to hear the voice of one. I don't care what everybody else says. I don't care about what your opinion is. I mean, don't be offended, but I want to know what God's opinion is. Amen? But understand, a lot of times in these encounters, there's multiple things happening. So part of what I'm going to share with you here is things that Gabriel directly spoke to me. Part of what I'm going to share to you is things that I heard from the Father. And then part of what I'm going to hear from you was given to me by visions that were happening all at the same time and by the Holy Spirit speaking directly to me. So bear with me here. Let me get back to the beginning of my notes here. This is what happened. As I shared last night, I was awakened at 4 o'clock in the morning. Before I was uh, visited, actually the night before, I was on the phone with a prophet friend, and this prophet friend randomly out of nowhere tells me, hey, Gabriel's going to visit you. This was like six hours before I was visited. And I said, okay, hallelujah. It was kind of like one of those things I just kind of put off. Hey, that's wonderful. Hallelujah. That would be great if that happened. But I didn't have like any real faith for it, just to be honest. I mean, I wasn't like, hallelujah, Gabriel, really? Really? It was just like, oh, hallelujah, that's cool. Praise God. And to my shock and awe, the guy showed up. This angel showed up like six hours later. Now, I was asleep in my bed in Pennsylvania. I was visited in Pennsylvania there, um, right after Australia, my tour in Australia. And, uh, whoa, shakarabaya, it's getting really thick in here. Ooh, I don't know if you guys notice. I'm like always looking out, you know. It's like affecting me. My vision here is such a realm of glory. Ooh, I'm telling you, there's something that rides in when you talk about this stuff. Whew. Something that rides in. Oh, oh, Jesus, help me. But I'm fast asleep at 4 o'clock in the morning. Okay, and this is on Yom Kippur. Okay, so this is the opening of the, the Jewish New Year. Right, And all of a sudden, I'm awakened by the terror of the Lord. That's what it was. It was the terror of the Lord. I'm telling you, there is nothing more beautiful. There is nothing more cleansing. There is nothing more holy than the terror of God. To know the awesome terror. You remember, Gabriel's name means warrior of God. And you read about how in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were going in to take the land, he sent the terror of God before them. And it was in the form of angels, fiery angels, that came in and struck the inhabitants of the land with holy fear. What happened? Those, those enemies were defeated before the swords even clashed. Before Israel even stepped foot on that land, their enemies were already defeated. They were struck with fear. We need the fear of the Lord back in America because it's going to give us some of the greatest victories we've ever seen. 
We don't understand the warfare of heaven. We don't understand the ways of God in many cases. You're resisting the very thing. The church of Jesus Christ in America is resisting in many cases the very thing that's going to give us some of the greatest victories. It's going to give us some of the greatest victories. But I was awakened by the terror of the Lord. And by the way I describe this, it was as if every molecule in the room just lit on fire. It was as if the very atmosphere of the room became living, breathing fire. I could feel the fire coursing in and out of my lungs. That's part of what woke me up out of a dead sleep. Could you imagine what it's like to breathe fire in and out of your lungs? I can't imagine it, or I couldn't imagine it until this happened. I was awakened by the terror of the Lord, and I was awakened by fire. And when I woke up and I turned over my bed... I saw the appearance of a man standing at my door. And this man was shrouded in a cloud that was twirling. We were talking about that today. Circular, right? It was like a tornado. It was like a whirlwind, right? The whirlwinds always follow the Elijah anointing too. (laughs) But it was like this dark cloud, right? And that's Psalm 18 and many other scriptures where it talks about how the Lord actually moves shrouded in a dark cloud. I believe what I saw was the equivalent of what Moses saw when he communed with the Lord out of the cloud, the pillar of cloud. When Gabriel appeared to me, he appeared in a pillar of cloud. Now, why is it that that happens? The reason why the Lord appeared to Moses in the Old Testament, I believe, enshrouded in that pillar of cloud is because the Lord Jesus was not ready to reveal himself in another level of the glory outside that. So he shrouded himself in a cloud when he spoke to them. And Gabriel spoke to that point because I asked him why he was standing in the cloud. I asked him why I could not see him clearly. He told me. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But I saw this man standing there, the appearance of a man. I didn't know who he was at first. And he walked up to me to the side of my bed, and here's what he said. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of Almighty God. He said, I am a special emissary bringing revelations straight from the Father to men. Now listen to this. You're going to have to keep an open mind here. Okay? You're going to have to be, keep an open mind. Don't stone me yet. Hallelujah. Don't stone me yet. I'll explain a lot of this, okay? But this is what he said. I'm going to give it to you exactly how he told me. He said, Elijah already came. He said, and it was William Branham. He said, but the church was not ready. So the Lord took him, and then the church went into the wilderness. Now, you guys do know in Matthew 11, Jesus called John the Baptist Elijah. He didn't say that he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. Jesus actually called him Elijah. So I believe that whenever Gabriel said that, it was in the same way that Jesus said it about John the Baptist, that there's actually a company of prophets that the Lord calls the Elijah company. They're the Elijah messengers, right? But they bear that same mantle. They have that mantle. And when you have a nation being overtaken by Baal, Elijah comes on the scene. We have a nation that's being overtaken, when you have a church that's being overtaken by Jezebel and by Ahab, which is passive apostolic leadership that allows Jezebel to rule in her midst, Elijah comes on the scene. But that's what he told me. He said, Elijah already came, and it was William Branham. He mentioned nothing to me about William Branham falling into deception as the reason why God took him. 
and that is the common consensus. That is the common consensus that the Lord took Branham in judgment for his deception. I do not believe that anymore. Since this encounter, I've spoken with Paul Keith Davis, Prophet Paul Keith Davis. How many of you guys know who he is? Prophet Paul Keith Davis has done some of the most extensive research on William Branham that I know of. He's talking to relatives, family members. He talked to Paul Kane, who knew Branham personally. I talked to Paul Kane the last time I was here in California. Paul Kane told me that there was nobody even close to Branham's gift. He's never seen anybody even close to Branham's gift. He said he was unparalleled in his gifting. Now, that's coming from Paul Kane. You know, Paul Kane's still employed by the FBI to prevent terrorism by his, his visions. I don't know if you realize that. Like, I have Paul Kane's like, private email that he uses to contact the FBI still to this day. That's a pretty powerful statement coming from Paul Kane, who is a major, major heavy-hitting prophet. Paul Kane's prophecies have actually prevented war for the U.S. He told me that. At different times in Paul Kane's life, he's had a direct line to the President of the United States, and his prophecies have directly prevented war. He's a major prophet, and he told me nobody has even come close to what he saw with Branham. Not even him. Branham was unparalleled. I'm telling you, God sent this man. God sent this man. He was a man sent from God. A star, a visible star, appeared over his crib at birth. He was born in the backwoods of Kentucky, I believe it was. And uh, it was the angel of the Lord appeared visibly at his birth to announce his birth. And we need to know this man's message. That's what Paul Keith was assigned to do. He was assigned to bring forth Branham's message for the end-time church. And he was told personally by Paul Cain that William Branham knew months before he was taken. He knew it. The Lord told him. William Branham told Paul Cain, he said, Pauly, that's what he called him back in the day. He said, Pauly, the Lord's going to take my life. He said, the Lord's going to take my life because the people won't stop calling me Elijah. And Gabriel, in my encounter, told me that that was actually part of the spirit and power of Elijah. He said, when the spirit and power of Elijah comes, this was communicated to me in the encounter. When the spirit and power of Elijah comes, it has a very, very short window to operate in. It comes with so much power, and it comes with so much glory. It has to come right. It has to coincide perfectly with the return of the Lord. It has to coincide perfectly with the return of the Lord. Otherwise, if the Elijah messenger overshoots that time, in Branham's case, it wasn't because of him. It was because of the church. The church, just like Moses, failed to bring the children of Israel all the way in, and it had to be passed on to a Joshua, to a Joshua generation... It was like that with that generation that Branham was a part of. They failed to bring the church fully over, Kadesh Barnea. They failed to bring the church fully into the glory that we're about to touch, the glory that we're about to walk in on a regular basis. And it wasn't Branham, it was actually the church that was not ready. Was not ready. But the Lord told me in this encounter that it has a very short shelf life because the glory of it is so intense, the power of it is so intense that eventually the people begin to lift up the vessel even in worship beyond God. And that's what happened with Branham. There was a cult that was started after his name and there's still people to this day that worship the name of William Branham. That's exactly what the devil tried to do with Moses, I believe. When the devil came and took Moses' body, I believe he was going to try to start some false religion after the name of Moses going to build some shrine to him. 
but the Lord sent Michael to contend with him over the body of Moses. It's interesting, we don't know what happened to the body of Moses. We don't hear any more about that. Interesting. But that's what Gabriel told me. He spoke that to me about Branham. And I believe that Branham's mantle is being passed to this generation. When I was visited by Breakthrough Revival last year, the Lord showed me a coat, a, like a chain mail, a coat of arms, like, you know, from medieval times. And I said, Lord, what is this? I saw this crest written on the chest. And the Lord said, this is William Branham's coat of arms that I'm passing to your generation. A coat of arms represents a hereditary lineage, a hereditary passing of a lineage and of an, and of an inheritance. That's how they passed down inheritance in medieval times. You had to have the family crest, the coat of arms. God's passing down that legacy. He's passing down that inheritance. It'll be a double portion of what William Branham walked in. He spoke to me about a 12-year period of time, which I believe is 2008 to 2020. Sound familiar? There's other prophets that have received that as well. 2008 to 2020. He spoke to me about a 12-year period of time, and this is what he said, quote, God will not strive with man forever. That's a direct quote from Genesis 6-3. The Spirit of God will not strive with man forever. And then the floods came. He said, God will not strive with man forever. Tell my people, America, that I'm done striving with her, and now the floods are coming. That's what he said. Floods are always symbolic of judgment. A lot of the things that are happening right now that are being allowed... I use that word allowed in is a form of judgment. It's a form of God lifting his hand. And God is going to continue to strategically allow things as a form of judgment until this nation wakes up. Until this nation turns back to him. We're going to know in the days to come that Jesus is still our only salvation. President Trump is not our salvation. He never was meant to be and he never can be. Some people, I'm telling you right now, are going beyond the word of the Lord with the words for Trump. Some people are going beyond it. Yes, I believe he's anointed, and I believe he was chosen by God, but the church has to keep calling him to a higher standard. Amen? We can't just be Trump's fanboy. We have to call him to a higher standard, and we have to pray for him. Amen? But we have to understand that Jesus is our only salvation. He is our only refuge, our only protection. Now, this is the part where Gabriel corrected me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Quote, he said, you're citing your beliefs one-sided. He said, correct it now or pretty soon you will not be able to. For the power that works in you will drive you wherever you steer it. God gives you the power, but you have to manage it. God gave Moses the power, and the Lord told him to speak to the rock, but he struck it. The water still came out because he was given the power. You have to manage it. He said, it will drive you wherever you steer it, and you are to drive it straight into the heart of God. I asked him, this is the point where I got to ask Gabriel something. I said, why can't I see you completely? And this is what he said, very, very interesting. He said, that will come later in your ministry. For if you saw me now at this point, you'd be lifted up above measure in power and the Lord has watched carefully over your release. Do you understand that even Gabriel coming shrunk
shrouded in a cloud, there was some sort of a holding back of glory. There was some sort of a holding back. You understand, even just that little taste, I about lost my mind. <laughs> Nathan remembers that. I'm serious. I about lost my mind. I mean, I, <laughs> Timothy remembers. <laughs> I was so, he said I was burning so white hot. I was ready to call names. I was ready to burn my whole ministry down to the ground. I'm serious. You think I'm joking. I was serious. I'm serious. There is such a zeal that comes. Such a fire. Such a power. During this season of visitation is like a prolonged season. I'm just giving you a glimpse here tonight. But the Lord took me into situations and showed me individuals in the body of Christ that are false prophets. That are false apostles. He showed me their insides like I was talking about last night. And I saw the cancer growing up in there. The cancers of deception and false doctrine and doctrine of demons. He showed me them by name. I was ready to call them all out. I was ready to just start hacking. Ah. But you see, love covers. Multitude of sins. And you better be very careful when you decide to call out names. And here's the other thing. is Whatever you judge with, it'll be judged back to you. It'll be measured back to you. God doesn't say not to judge. You just better make sure that you're walking in a place of purity and holiness and uprightness before God, that the standard you call out is the standard you yourself is living. That's what we saw in the 80s. We saw ministers that were attacking things, even sins from the pulpit, that they themselves were not living up to. They were not living up to the standards themselves, and it came right back on them and exposed them and shut down their whole ministry. We saw that. But judgment is a good thing. Judgment is from God. Jesus said, I judge, but I only judge with that which the Father reveals to me. So my judgment is actually not my own. It's the judgment of God. And that's what a true ministry of judgment. Did you know that the ministry of an apostle, a true apostle, is the ministry of a judge? It's the Old Testament type of a judge. Paul begged for the church of Corinth, is there not one wise man among you that can judge this situation, the sin in your midst? But the Bible actually talks about how Paul was present with them in spirit, standing with the council of the elders to judge. You read about yourself. Paul actually had to go out in the spirit realm and stand with them because he could not find a wise man among them to actually render the righteous judgment of God. That was one of Paul's main functions as an apostle was to render righteous judgment. Without it, sin grows. Sin multiplies. There must be righteous judgment. There must be lines drawn in the sand. There must be lines of demarcation that are drawn. That where people begin to rise up, God begins to raise up judges and say, you know what, that is wrong. And this is right. It's not ambiguous. It's not this, you know, postmodern era in which, oh, truth is relative to whatever your opinion is. No, truth is relative to whatever you feel. No, truth is relative to the word of God. Truth is completely subjected to the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and from the very beginning has existed the standard of God's Word. The clear revelation of the heart and the mind of God, the moral collective consciousness of the Trinity of God, clearly revealed from the beginning, and He wrote it in the Word, and He has declared from the beginning, this is right because I say it is right. This is wrong because I say it is wrong. And it will never change. It will never change. Because it is an eternal function of who God is. It is the word that was from the beginning. From the beginning. And if you lie 
open your life up with that word and you flow with heaven, all the blessing, all the glory of heaven will flow with you. But if you want to live your life contrary to wisdom, America, if you evolve beyond your Christian roots so much where you think that you're God, you think that you know what's best, you think that you know what's moral and what's moral, fine, you're going to reap the consequences of that. You're going to reap the consequences of you being your own God. You're going to find out just how vulnerable you are when the hand of Almighty God comes off your nation. There it is. That's a fire. I'm telling you, it's the word of the Lord. God is going to show this nation. He is going to show this nation the consequence from turning from him. And it's not because he's vindictive. It's not because he's spiteful. It's not because he carries a grudge with his ex. In many ways, we've divorced the God of our ancestors. We've divorced the God of our forefathers. We've gone whoring about just like Israel did in the Old Testament. We've gone after other gods as a nation. We've turned from the ways of God. We've spat in the face of God. We have not reverenced. And we are going to reap the consequences of that. I'm telling you. We're going to reap the consequences of that as a nation. And it's not because God is vindictive. It's not because God is spiteful. It's because He loves us. Just like any loving father would allow his child to get stung a little bit by their consequences so that they would turn to the father in that season before it gets too bad. If that father does not bring the righteous judgment while the child is young, eventually that child's going to end up in prison. Lawlessness has to be curbed still. It does. It has to be checked with the authority of God's word. Are you hearing me? God will not strive with man forever. God sent a preacher. God sent a prophet of righteousness. Noah, Noah began to preach and nobody listened. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. There will be prophets raised up that will begin to sound the alarm. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Get right. Get in Christ. He is the ark. He's the only way of escape. But as it was then, so it will be today. Many will not listen. Many will not listen. I don't like that message, Stephen. That doesn't tickle my ears that doesn't make me feel good that doesn't add to my self help manual I don't like that message I don't care and neither does God he cares about your soul he cares about the souls of millions that are going to hell in this nation You think for the sake of your comfort, he's going to stand idly by and not release what is necessary in this nation to save those souls? To get the gospel? To get that seed of the word deep in them? No. There's some people that are doing that. There's this carnal Christianity. It's all about saving my life. It's all about maintaining my cushy, squishy life. Oh man, there's something burning in me. I'm like, God, give me a thousand souls. God, give me a hundred thousand souls. You can take all my stuff. You can take my whole life. Everything. 
I just got done reading this commentary, this biography about St. Patrick. He led the entire nation of Ireland to the Lord in 30 years. He gave his whole life for that nation. He was kidnapped, made a prisoner, a slave by the Irish people. And he escaped, went back to Britain. And right when he gets back to Britain, the Lord says, Hey, I'm calling you to the nation of Ireland to go minister there. The amount of death that God produced in him, God always knew that he was going to call him to a nation, but first he, called, he, he set it up to where he would be enslaved by the nation that he was called to reach. It required such a level of death and humility. And when he got that nation, he started shaking it with the power of God. St. Patrick's favorite thing to do was to go off in the countryside by himself, even in the elements, even in the harsh Irish winters, and be on his knees 40 days and 40 nights, fasting and praying for souls. That was his favorite pastime. The Lord actually gave him supernatural covering and protection and even shielding from the elements. He was able to pray supernaturally for prolonged periods of time. By the Spirit of God. On multiple occasions, the chief angel over Ireland appeared to him, an angel named Victory. And one such occasion, the angel came down and said, You can have anything you want. Ask. And he says, I want souls. I want souls. And he kept contending. He kept contending. And the angel said some very interesting things. He said, All right, every Thursday, the Lord's going to give you seven souls. Like, what? Every Thursday? <laughs> like, why not Friday? And then he kept contending, and he said, All right, every Saturday you're getting ten souls. And he kept contending. And the angel said, All right, you're getting the whole nation. See, we don't think like God. What if some of you started contending for souls? And the Lord came and said, all right, I'm going to give you Reading. I'm going to give you Reading. Do we have any St. Patrick's here? Do we have any people that are willing to die? That are willing to give everything for souls? Oh, God, let that heart be in me. Let that heart be in me, God. Oh, to the degree that you allow the fellowship of his suffering being made conform to the likeness of his death, to the degree that you allow that in you, that is the degree that you're going to move in a resurrection power. St. Patrick is credited with raising more than 30 people from the dead. In some cases, he raised them from the dead when they were in the ground for several years. When they were decaying corpses. And how eventually he gained access to preach the gospel to the whole nation was the king of Ireland heard of his great dead-raising power by his Christian God. And the king of Ireland had two children that died. And he called St. Patrick in. And he said, all right, I'll let you baptize the whole city and preach the gospel to the whole city if you raise my two children. He jumped at it. He said, yes! And he raised the two children from the dead. Within 30 years, the Lord gave him the whole nation. The whole nation was converted. And this was one of the last things that the angel of victory said to him in that encounter when he said, ask what you will. Ask whatever you want. The Lord's given it to you. As he kept continued, uh, contending for souls, this is one last thing he asked. He said, grant to me that I would be a judge at the time of Christ's coming, a judge of Ireland. That's what he said. He said, I want to judge Ireland at the time of Christ's coming. 
you know, Terry Bennett said when the Antichrist spirit's released in Europe, he said Ireland's going to be one of the only nations that resists it. God will answer the prayers of St. Patrick going back over a thousand years. What kind of power could you wield right here? I'm telling you, you're more effective than you know. But I'm telling you tonight as a prophet that God is going to shake this nation and you need to be ready. You need to be ready because God will not strive with man forever. Now, Gabriel said these words to me. You can't see me now because if you saw me now, you'd be lifted up above measure in power and glory. Does anybody recognize those words? Once again, that's scripture. That's 2 Corinthians 12. The Bible says that Paul the Apostle was sent a messenger, the Greek word is angelos, an angel, a fallen angel, an angel of Satan. The Bible says that Paul was sent by God, a messenger of Satan, to physically beat his flesh. That ought to blow some of your paradigms right there. What? I thought God was good. Oh yeah, he is good. He's good enough to send a fallen angel to beat the crap out of Paul. Day and night. You see, this is our problem in the American church. You think you know everything. We think we know everything. And God comes to do something in your life and you blame it on the devil. God's coming to do something right now in the American people, in the American culture, and many people are going to blame it on the devil. Many people are going to resist God. But here's why. Here's why the Lord told him he was going to do this. It was to humble Paul... It was so Paul would not be lifted up above measure. You see, what the Lord showed me was Paul was actually fixing to start being worshipped as a god. In the ancient world, you had this man walking around that was walking in so much power and glory. I mean, snakes would bite bite him that was certain death, and he'd just flick it off in the fire and keep walking. And they begin to see this in the ancient world. They begin to look at them and they say, "The the God has come down, a God has come down among us. They were fixing to start worshiping. But God, in his divine wisdom, allowed a messenger from Satan to physically beat him, and the wounds, the physical wounds, started showing up on Paul's body, and then the, the, the people of the ancient world says, He is a man. He is a man. And it allowed him to stay longer on the earth before the Lord took him to preach the gospel more. That's what was revealed to me in this encounter. Isn't that crazy? But you see, Paul so loved his people. He so loved the church. He was so committed to preaching the gospel that he allowed that to come on him. He received that thorn in the flesh. Don't let nobody tell you anything else than that about the thorn in the flesh. That is the thorn of the flesh. It's exactly what it says in the Greek. And yes, it showed up physically. Now, is that to say that God strikes people with disease and suffering? No, not all the time. In most cases, yes. Well, not all the time, but the Bible says it. The Bible says, I will not strike you. Exodus 15, I will not strike you with the same diseases that I struck the Egyptians with. But he did strike the Egyptians with those diseases. In judgment. It's written there. It's in there. Read it for yourself. You have to be very careful not to change God. Now, of course, you understand that you're a Christian. You're covered by the blood. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. 
it's in the atonement. 99.9999999% you're not going to be this special case of Paul the Apostle walking in so much glory that you need to be struck physically so people don't stop worship and start worshiping you. Are you hearing me? That's the exception. We can't make the exception, okay, and create a doctrine and make it into a rule. Hey, God strikes everybody with disease. This is, must be the Lord, your cancer, trying to humble you. Like, no. It's the devil. The Bible said that Jesus was sent, anointed by the Father, to do good and heal all who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness, disease, suffering, it's an oppression of the devil. The Lord's come to heal it. Amen? So once again, divine tension. How many of you guys were here this morning? Divine tension. Can you handle it? Can you handle that divine tension? I think you can. Let me go on here. He says, the Lord has watched carefully over your release. I'm almost done. Bear with me. I know some of you got to work tomorrow. And if you do need to go, you're blessed. I'm like the long-winded preacher here. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting anything from this? Yes. This is so interesting. Remember, as I said, he was veiled, like in a cloud. And even just from that one encounter, I was sick for days. That's what it says here in Daniel 8.27. It says, I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I arose and I went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. That astonishment, it's like taking a two-by-four and hitting you as hard as I can in the head. That's what that astonishment is. You physically carry the weight and the glory, the impact of the counter for days, even physically. It's like a state of astonishment. People look at you and they're like, are you all right, Stephen? Are you okay? And I couldn't even talk about it for months. I could not share this message. Even the last time I was here, I alluded to it here and there. I don't even know if I shared with you guys. Did I share with you guys publicly all that I'm sharing here? I didn't even share with you guys. And that's rare because I share everything with these guys. I mean, this is what this encounter did. Hard to share. You know you're having some real encounters if it's hard to share. If you're not just the blab person every time you see something. I'm telling you. But the Lord has released me to start sharing some of this. But Gabriel told me that he would come back. He would reveal himself to me in a greater way later in my ministry. Incredible. But he says that I've watched, the Lord has watched carefully over your release. Right? And this is something that people have to learn. They have to learn contentment. They have to learn to cooperate with God in the season that God has them in. Amen? Everybody wants to blow up. Everybody wants to blow up their brand. Everybody wants to be famous. There's some of you that if if you knew what you were asking for, and you knew the kind of threat, the kind of danger that you're going to be under, if God gave it to you right now, you wouldn't want it. You would not want it. I'm telling you right now. I thank God that His hand's on my life, and He's given me what He knows I can handle. Amen? But this is very, very important. We have to come into this contentment. You know, I thought this was very, very interesting, because for years, the Lord did hide me in Alaska... And, you know, you come through the wilderness, and then you come out, and you start ministering, and you think, it's all over. Now I'm just released. It's like, nope, you're still hidden. But you see how wonderful this is? Because there's times where I show up, and we've had some good numbers for this meeting, hallelujah. But there's other times I show up, and there's like 20 people in my meeting. Some people get depressed. They'd be like, God, I traveled all this way. 
Sometimes I go to meetings around the world and I show up and like nobody's there and nobody's responding. It's like the hardest ground you've ever plowed in your life, right? But like since this encounter, there's something that's happened in my heart. Like I don't care anymore. Like I'm just as happy. I'm just excited doing house meetings. You know what I'm saying? You know how wonderful that is? You know how wonderful it is as a minister that's growing in the glory where I don't need the crowds? I don't need the money. I don't need the fame. I don't need the fanfare. I know that I'm right where God has me. And I know that when God gets ready to take his hand, when God gets ready to reveal me in a greater way, in a greater measure of glory, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready for that day. Isn't that awesome? He said, now listen to this. He said, but surely you will stand in the counsel of Almighty God. And you shall be, and he called me an apostle in this circumstance. You shall be his apostle to the church of America. Ruling with equity, serving in justice, giving hope to this nation during these troubled times. Wow, that's something I don't share very publicly a lot. Can I repeat that? (laughs) When the Lord first appeared to me at 19, he actually anointed me not as a prophet, but as an apostle, actually. And it's actually taken many, many years to come into that. But my prophet actually operates through my apostle, through the apostolic. That's why a lot of my encounters deal directly with doctrine. It deals with the apostle's doctrine. I mean, some of you might wonder, well, if you're having all these encounters, then why can't you call everybody's stuff, and why can't you call everybody's phone number or whatever? That's not the direct intent of my revelation. A lot of times my revelation deals with the apostle's doctrine. It applies to my apostolic office. God gives me revelation in an unveiling of things like those cancers in the church, those doctrine to demons. But what the angel said to me was, you're going to stand in, in America, you're going to rule with equity, serving in justice, giving hope to a nation during these troubled times. Now, would that seem like a message of hope to you? <laughs> like, hey, God's no longer going to strive with you. The judgment's coming. Does that seem like a message of hope? Actually, it is. It's a message of hope. Things are going to get crazy. Things are going to get wild. But God is right in the middle of it. Working all things together for your good. It's a message of hope. Now listen to this. This meant a lot to me. He said, You are a holy man separated at birth. Don't ever try to be something you're not. That's what he told me. Now you know how much that meant to me? Because... I'm telling you, that's the truth. Ever since I was a very, very young man, I've had a hunger for holiness. I've had a hunger for purity. A hunger for fasting and prayer. And like, I was the weird kid in youth group. I was the weird kid in school. I carried my big, thick, black King James Bible to every class and slapped it down on the, on the desks, you know? And I was that weird kid. And I've struggled with it at times. I'm I'm telling you, I struggled even in ministry at times. Because even in ministry, you're the odd person out if you love holiness. It ought not be. It ought not be. It ought not be that in order to fit in with other ministers, you've got to sin. But that's the way it is, I'm sorry to say, in some circles. In some cases. But this was such an encouragement to me. Because Gabriel enforced and endorsed even an identity that I've carried, a specific anointing I've carried since 
birth. Since birth. You know that Nazarites are Nazarites from birth. They're called from birth. Amen? He said, don't ever try to be anything you're not. And I want to encourage you with the same thing tonight. Don't try to be anything that you're not. If God has given you a grace, if he's he's given you a specific anointing, go with it. Amen? He said to me, the church shall endure weeping and gnashing of teeth. For without tribulation, she cannot be saved. Come with me as I show you tribulation in America. Now listen to this. The word tribulation in the Greek is the Greek word thalipsis. It means a pressing, a pressing together, a pressure. Think the pressing of the olives that releases the oil. It comes from the root word thalibo, which means to press, like as the grapes. You know, like in Revelations 19, he presses down, treads down the grapes of wrath. Right? But listen to this. This word, thalipsis, is used in Matthew 7, 14, when Jesus said, Because narrow is the gate, difficult is the way which leads to life, there are few that find it. The word narrow is thalibo. It's the root word for thalipsis. So another way of saying the scripture is because tribulation is the gate. Did you just hear that? Tribulation is the gate. The pressing is the gate. And difficult is the way which leads to life. Therefore, there are few that find it. There's some people, the days that are coming, I'm sorry to tell you, will not be able to hold on. They will not be able to hold on because tribulation is coming. Persecution is coming. The Lord is coming to try the bride. What happens when he tries the bride? When he tries the bride, only the bride is left. Only the bride emerges. People that are just caught up in a religious system will not survive. They will not keep their faith. And it's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 13. He says, But he who received the seed, verse 20, on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root. Remember how I've been talking about the roots? He has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation, Philipsis, when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. You see? It is tribulation that God uses to try our faith. Even our saving faith. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 24, He who endures till the end will be saved. Do you see that? The only ones that endure are the ones that allowed the seed to go deep. Religion won't save you. There's a lot of people that are playing patty cake religion and they have no roots in God. And when the tribulation comes, they'll be the first ones to fall away. They'll be the first ones to take the mark to feed their babies rather than stand and be a martyr in the name of Christ. Are you hearing me? I don't remember what I said. Hey. <laughs> Get it in the spirit. Hey. Some things I don't like to say again. I'm like, let's move on from that. Hallelujah. He said, without tribulation, the church cannot be saved. Now, that was an interesting one for me. I didn't even address that one for a while. I'm like, that's messing with my theology right there. 
Like what? But you look at it in Scripture, it's amazing how much the Bible talks about tribulation being connected to salvation. Consider Exodus. Where is it at here? I'm almost done. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. It says, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. How many of you guys want to see America come out from the burdens of the demonic, the burdens of sin that we're under? the slavery that we're under. The Lord said, I will bring you out from that burden. And he says here, the burden of the Egyptians, I will rescue you from their bondage. How many of you guys want to see some people rescued here in America from bondage? I will redeem you. You guys want to see some people redeemed? I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. That's with great power will I redeem you. And with great judgments? With great judgments. I'll redeem you with judgment. Does that make sense to your carnal thinking? No, it does not. It's Old Testament. It's in the New Testament too. I just read Philipsis. Right? But you see, that's what's happening right now. Is God is seeking to deliver a nation. He's seeking to deliver entire nations. To bring forth entire sheep nations. Nations that follow the Lord. Amen? But in order to do that, he sends deliverers. He sends guys with sticks. He sends the Moses delivering anointing to begin to deliver that word of judgments. And it was according to the word of judgment that Moses released out of his own mouth in the name of the Lord that brought the hardship on Egypt. Now, understand that what was happening in the heavenlies over Egypt is directly related to what Jesus said in Matthew 24 as well. He said, the stars in their constellations will fall from the heavens. Stars are angels. Even principalities that are perched up over regions and over nations. Understand that when Moses was going in and contending with Ramesses, he was not contending with a man. He was contending with the gods of Egypt that were empowering Ramesses. He was contending with the principalities. And when the heavens began to erupt over Egypt, it was just a natural byproduct of those spiritual powers being challenged. But here's how it works, saints. This is the mystery of iniquity revealed in 2 Thessalonians 2. The mystery of iniquity is the stronger the principality, the more of that iniquity, the more of that sin is carried even over entire cultures. Even over entire nations. One of the strongest principalities in the earth today is the principality behind the worship of Allah. The worship in Islam. Why? Because there is a cultural iniquity carried by billions of people. The iniquity and the sin is thou shalt have no other gods before me. It is a cultural sin. It is idolatry. You realize that, right? And it's like worship that empowers that principality. It's empowerment. You understand that there's principalities here in America that are empowered by iniquities that are carried across the culture. What am I saying? When the heavens begin to erupt, when God begins to challenge these powers, when He gets ready to deliver a nation, those who are directly tied to that principality will suffer with that judgment. Those who were a part of Egypt suffered with the Egyptian judgments as Moses came in and began to shake the heavens. As he began to shake that realm. But the Bible says Goshen was preserved. Amen? And the Bible says that God delivered an entire nation. And when they were delivered, they came out with the wealth of Egypt. A great wealth transfer. Now after this, the Lord told me this. 
I was brought into several things that I saw. I saw judgment coming on several places. I saw earthquakes. I saw the fires that were burning in California last year. How many of you guys remember the fires that were burning? Gabriel showed me that before they broke out. He showed me where they would break out, and they broke out exactly where he showed me. And uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was the worst fires, some of the worst fires, the most homes that were ever taken. He showed me that in this encounter. I saw a judgment coming to Arkansas, believe it or not, for Arkansas giving us Hillary and Bill Clinton. That's funny. It's true. I saw a judgment coming to that state. I saw Pennsylvania, I saw a 6.5 magnitude earthquake in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now that's in diverse places. But even right now, the seismologists are saying that things are shifting. And at some point here in the future, we're going to begin to have the same earthquakes on the east coast that we have on the west coast. They're saying that right now. I was told, listen to this, I was told to tell the people to remember John Kilpatrick's prophetic word from 2008. I didn't even know what John Kilpatrick's word was. I had to go look it up after this encounter. And John Kilpatrick prophesied that there's going to come a massive earthquake to the New Madrid Fault in America that would actually split the landmass. He said if the earthquake is great enough, he actually saw it over and over again in prophetic experience, the landmass being split. And they're saying right now, seismologists are saying right now, that there is an imminent earthquake that's coming to the New Madrid Fault near the Mississippi River. And they say that if the earthquake is big enough, it will literally split the Mississippi so wide that it will literally split the landmass. It will open up the Mississippi to connect with the Great Lakes, and it will literally split the continent of, of North America. You can read about it. You can Google it right after this meeting if you want. After the encounter, I went and Googled it, and the seismologists are saying that everything is pointing to a massive earthquake coming. John Kilpatrick, pastor of Brownsville. He was the pastor of Brownsville during the Brownsville revival. And he's been used powerfully at times down through the years for prophecies, very accurate prophetic words that have come to pass. I was told that in, that in this encounter. Now, let me tell you, saints, ultimately, and I'm closing right now, ultimately the Lord gave me this word to bring hope. The fact, <laughs> people are like, what? Ultimately, the fact that God's telling us in advance means something. Okay? I believe that there are many judgments that can be diverted. I believe there's many judgments that can be greatly diminished as well. Amen. So we do need to pray. We do need to pray. Um, last year, whenever I was visited by the Spirit and Power of Elijah in Australia, it was when the hurricanes were striking the U.S. here, right? And we saw uh, Harvey come in and strike the U.S. and flood Houston. But then what happened? That woke up the church pretty quick, I think. That woke up the nation. President Trump declared a national day of prayer right after Harvey. And then the whole body of Christ rallied and came against Irma that was coming into Florida as a Category 6 largest hurricane in recorded history at one point. You know, they don't even have a Category 6. It just goes to Category 5. Why? Because there's never been a Category 6. And people say, oh, it's random. It's just random. It wasn't random. But the church prayed and the church rallied. And by the time it hit, it was just category three. And it still caused devastating effects. You know that there was flooding and power outages all the way up to the Carolinas where I live. It was crazy. 
I actually flew back in from, the, from Australia right during that hurricane. It was nuts. But the church prayed, and I believe that God diminished it. But make no mistake about it, it was absolutely the Lord allowing that. It was absolutely the Lord lifting His hand, allowing something to come in. But I don't have time to get into all that, but I'm bringing a message of hope here tonight. The Lord is telling us in advance about some of these things so that our hearts can be established. Amen? So that we can know that our trust is not in man. It's not in this nation, no matter how mighty it's been. It's not in our economy, no matter how mighty it's been. Our trust is in the Lord. Amen? He is our Savior. He is our protector. He is our refuge. Psalm 91, verse 5. Run into the name of the Lord. It is a strong tower. Amen? But God, I believe, is going to release incredible awakening. He's going to release incredible harvest. But it's not going to come without shaking. Amen? I'm so excited about some of the words he's given me about harvest. About restoring the finny mantle. That literally whole cities are going to come under the glory. That whole cities are going to be harvested. I believe that. But it's not going to come without shaking. I'm sorry to tell you. It's not going to come without shaking. Just lift your hands right now. Father, we thank you for your word here tonight, Lord. We thank you for visitations of the kingdom kind. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're living in a day which you're speaking very clearly. I pray let us have grace, Lord. Let us have humility to receive the words that you're speaking. Let us have meekness whereby we receive the engrafted word of the Lord, the word that sticks, that's able to save our souls. Lord, I pray, let this word go deep into the soil of our hearts here tonight, Lord. Let this word affect us, Lord, each and every one of us, Lord, like it's affected me. Let there be real change. Let there be real transformation, God, that comes out of the ministry of your word in the days to come. And Lord, I pray that you would prepare a bride. I pray that you would prepare a bride as with fire, Lord. I pray that you would purify a bride unto yourself, Lord. That it would not just be purity of conscience and purity from sin, but it would be a purity of faith, Lord. It would be a refining fire that would come, that would bring forth the real, that would bring forth the authentic, that would bring forth the pure, raw, awesome glory and power of God through a bride. Lord, we pray release it. We don't want our own faith. We want the faith of Jesus to come forth. We don't want our ministries. We want the ministry of Jesus. Lord, we pray, come, Lord. Come, do whatever you have to do in our lives, Lord, to prepare us, Lord, for what is coming, to prepare us to meet you. Lord, we pray, let the Holy Spirit come upon us, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit come upon us and make us witnesses. Make us effective witnesses. Lord, I bear witness with that word that Prophet Terry Bennett has been preaching lately. God is going to bring another Pentecost. He's going to bring another upper room. He's going to bring another mighty rushing wind. Tongues of fire. The whole room shook. God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of power, the Holy Spirit came upon them and made them witnesses. Oh God, make us witnesses today. 
Make us witnesses today. Give us an un Lord, give us an anointing that penetrates the mountains, that penetrates our cultures, God. Lord, let the word of the Lord come forth in this hour and turn this nation back to you. Oh God, give us an anointing as a people to hear your word in this hour. Turn a people back to you. Turn a people back to righteousness. Turn a people back to the ways of God. Lord, let us see how lost we are without you. Let us see how lost we are. Let us see our Laodicean state here in America. Jesus, you told the Laodicean church that they should come to you and buy from you gold refined in the fire. But they were rich and they were increased, yet they were miserable. They were wretched in your sight. Lord, let us see that all of our riches, all of our accomplishment, they're nothing without Christ. They're nothing. We're rich. We're increased. We're powerful as a nation. But in many cases, we've lost God. We've lost reverence for God. We've become poor. Lord, let us see our true spiritual state. Let us see how far we truly are from you. Let us see how vulnerable we are without you. And Lord, I do pray, release your righteous judgments. I do long for them. I do long for the shaking God. I pray, do whatever you have to do, Lord, to get a hold of this prodigal nation. Do whatever you have to do, Lord, to bring the prodigals home. Come on, stand to your feet here tonight and pray with me for a moment. Come on. We can't hear a message like this and not pray. Finney said, I'm convinced I can do nothing apart from the spirit of prayer. Oh God. Lord, turn a nation back to you. Turn a nation back to you, Almighty God. When Gabriel appeared to me, he quoted Jeremiah 23. It says, it says here in verse 18, For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? God's raising up people to stand in His counsel, to hear His counsel. It says, Who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? Who has perceived His words and marked His word and heard it? But Jeremiah says here, I have, the Lord says, I have not sent these prophets, these false prophets. They ran, yet I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and it caused my people to hear my words, he says, then they would have turned from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. This is the mark of true prophets. The mark of true prophets that carry the voice of God. They turn people to righteousness. They turn people from sin. I'm telling you right now, the equipping ministry of the prophet to just line people up and take your money and teach you how to hear the voice of God, that is only one part of the prophet's ministry. One small part. We need the prophetic voice to fill people in this hour, to fill righteous vessels in this hour, and turn a nation back to God. 
Come on, pray with me. Lord, we pray, release that prophetic voice. Oh, Lord, release authentic fire. Release holy fire, God. Release it in this hour. Oh, si quiero bosombaye. Oh, si quiero bosombaye. Oh, si quiero bosombaye. Oh, si quiero bosombaye. Lord, I pray, take the mantle of Billy Graham and multiply it. He had a voice that was heard around the world. He had a voice that was heard by world leaders. He had a voice that was heard on the media constantly. And he didn't pull punches. He spoke the truth. He spoke the truth about sin. He spoke the truth about heaven and hell. He spoke the truth about whether abortion is a sin or not. He did not compromise. Lord, I pray, raise up that mantle, God. Raise up voices in the church today that will penetrate every platform of influence, God. Oh, si quiero bosombaye. Oh, si quiero bosombaye. Oh, tirabaya. Come on, pray with me another moment. Yishakarabaya. Oh, si tirabosombakaya. Brother on the guitar, sister, if you want to help me, feel free. Lord, we pray, strengthen us in this hour, Lord. Oh, Lord, we pray, strengthen our resolve. Healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Oh, strengthen our leaders, God. Strengthen them in their bodies, Lord. Strengthen the leaders of this city, the leaders in the body of Christ, Lord. Strengthen the Bill Johnsons, Lord. Strengthen the pastors, Lord. Strengthen the leaders, Lord, of the body of Christ in this city, God. Strength, Lord. Strength, Lord. Lord, we pray, strengthen, Lord. Strengthen, God, to stand, Lord. Strengthen to press in, to go deeper in the realms of warfare and power and intercession. Greater, Lord. Greater, Lord. Greater encounters, Lord. Greater encounters, God. Oh, greater encounters of the kingdom kind. Send the angels. Oh, open the heavens, God. Open it up, God. More, 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 more. Fire, 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 fire. Holy fire. Everything working for the good. Everything working for the good of those that are called according to God's purpose. Hey, oh, we pray for a deeper anointing, a greater authority. Hey, Shakarabaya. And Lord, we pray release her in a fresh season of ministry. Oh, a fresh mantling of power. Oh, a fresh mantling of holy fire. Oh, release it, release it, release it. Fire, Shakarabaya. Oh, Shakarabaya. Lift your hands here tonight. Oh, she did a bakumbaye.